sisters, join the resistance. Come on, let's start by talking tactics. Have a pass and match this. Here's how we practice. The last order conversation. David Jason. Hello, honored guests and listeners. Welcome to Pop Culture Continuum. This is John Elliott. This is Patrick Riccardi. And this week we have returning champion, our Hollywood friend. I'm dying to find out who that is. Oh, it's you. Sorry. Oh, hi. David Schneider. Hi. D. Schneider. D. Schneider. D. Schneider, yes. Yes, from Twisted Sister. One and the same. You can tell by the voice. He's not going to take it. And the Uh, hair. This this week, this week we're doing Pat. Back to the Future versus Looper. Oh man, I don't know if you guys noticed this when you picked these two, but they're they're both about time travel. It's crazy. I I thought I I picked them because they both feature Michael J. Fox. I accidentally watched a Martin Short movie called Pooper, so hopefully I can keep up. I know um, that. We we could switch that one. I'm fine. I, I'm very familiar with that film. Who isn't? I mean, it's no Clifford. Um, <laughs> I, I have to ask: Was there really a film called Pooper? No. You just never know. You don't. I know what with Tom Green in the world, there could be. Um, but well, all right. First of all, I just want to say before we get into it, uh, since there are time travel movies, there are paradoxes. I, actually. In Back to the Future, it's not even a paradox as much as a uh, just dumb, overlooked thing, which I was, even when I was 15, I got, which was, how the fuck do they not remember Marty from their past? Yeah. At some point, they're going to go, oh, wait, that was our son that came back and did all that. I don't know. Yeah. He's o- he's only there for a few days. and it's brief, Yeah, but she's in encounters. love with him, and he basically... You know, saves... How, you fall in love with people all the time when you're a teenager. That's and true. It, when you see your son as he grows up, he looks like he looks. You're not going to say he looks like some guy we met when we were younger for 15 minutes. But anyway, yeah, but it really wasn't. When you think about it, you know, like like you know, we saw we saw this movie when we were very young, and you think you know our parents are old. You're thinking a lot of time has passed. But when you think mm-hmm. about it, there really wasn't that much time. It was like what 16, 17 years in between the the two timelines. Oh, I thought it was 30. I don't think so. so yeah, it's 30. Yeah, it's 55 to 85. Oh, yeah, you're right. 55, yep, you're right. So, so yeah, anyway, that that was... Otherwise, there weren't, like, a ton of paradoxical things. The one that always... I don't know if it's a paradox, but I could never figure out is when, at the end of the movie, spoiler alert, Marty comes back and everything is different. First of all, how are they in the same house? But let's that's what I that. yeah that yeah. one always bothered me. That <laughs> disregard that. Yeah. But does he like so his entire life is different? Does this mean he didn't live that life and he has to figure out as he goes, or did he live that life and still ended up with the same girlfriend and like his memories will fill in as he goes? So will he have two like double memories of the por- former life and the second life? Oh, kind of like uh, frequency or the flash. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's well, a- yeah, he'll have memories of the the timeline that existed up until it branched off, right? Right. Yeah. So he has a lot of catching up to do, like with conversations he's had and he doesn't remember. Yeah. Well, I mean, obviously but, he's know, meant to be with that girl because they're still together. So you know, it's that's true love. It's and fierce. they were meant to be in that house. 
Yeah. <laughs> and but it, his his brother and sister's lives they seem to have improved immensely dramatically. It, yeah. His life is just. I mean, it's basically he has a nice truck, but it's nothing he did to make it better. He has, yet, hasn't gotten as far as we can tell. He didn't become a better student. Didn't nothing better for Michael J. Fox. Well, the brother and sister are still living at home, even though they're well, clearly so. of age to as successful young adults <laughs> have their own places by this point. This is the eighties back when nobody moved out. Yeah, that was that was the time for Reaganomics. Anyway. Um, Trickle down. We uh all right, so if people aren't familiar, well who's not familiar with Back to the Future? Come on. Mm. Uh I, I well I was saying to Pat in the break beforehand, uh it was the screenplay is very well constructed. I mean, it's kind—it's kind of, I guess, I guess you could say, formulaic. But I don't know if it's that so much as like just—it's been used like that format so much since. Um, I thought it was—it was very fun. Like, I—I I noticed this time watching it the the screenplay. It's a very well structured screenplay. Yeah, yeah, I thought so. And what, what I find interesting is that the changes for the better that happened aren't necessarily due to like story choices, but choices external, like that the Scheinberg producer who said, "You don't want a dog. You want to. I mean, you don't want a chimp. You want a dog." There's no good movie that has ever had a chimp, chimp, yeah. which is ridiculous. But it is having a chimp in that, in as as the pet would just made things much more silly than it need to be. Or even other choices like uh, the different, like the actor who played Biff was chosen because Michael J. Fox, before Michael J. Fox was had the role as Eric Stoltz, and Eric Stoltz was taller. And the the person they originally wanted as Biff, who was ended up being one of the other bad guy characters, wasn't tall enough compared to actor Eric Stoltz, but he would have had the role for for uh, Michael J. Fox because he was much taller. But I think that Biff's acting was just so so iconic that you, nobody could have done that as well. It's hard to picture anybody else in that role, definitely. Yeah, he's perfect. I've seen that guy... Um, in interviews too, and he's he seems like pretty cool. He's like, yeah, yeah. Everybody recognizes me as Biff, and I don't mind. Like, <laughs> he'll sign autographs as Biff, and um, yeah, no, it is it is very well constructed. Um, which it was it impressed me mostly because when I go back, what the fuck, Baffoon. Um, when I go back and watch movies from the eighties a lot. Uh, they don't hold up in a lot mm-hmm. of cases, um, like ones that I that were more popular that I liked back then. Uh, and this one holds up. Yeah, I agree. It's very watchable. Christopher Lloyd. It's and it's probably the movie I've I've seen the most of, of any movie just because of that fact. Because you can always just drop in at any point, and it's just it's so enjoyable, so much fun. And Michael J. Fox does a good job. I, you can see he was charismatic and stuff. I can see why he became a star. Um, I, mm-hmm. I, I like reading the stories about Eric Stoltz in the role and how how bad, he, not bad, but how a bad a fit it was where he was using, he insisted everyone call him Marty because he was doing method acting and he they had the scene where he was like punching Biff and actually hurting him. And the actor's like, once I get a chance to punch him back, he's really going to get hurt, but they never filmed that scene. So. Right. Cause Eric Stoltz got fired first. Yeah. Yeah. Well, 
Well, I, that's he... kind of amazing too. They 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 filmed so much of the movie. I don't know how much still exists, but they filmed so much of the movie, and then they saw it didn't work, and they 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 ended up spending millions of dollars to fix it. But it came back tenfold because there's no way. That, no offense to Eric Stoltz, but there's no way this movie would have been as good with him in the role as as, as Michael J. Fox. Hey, no, Eric Stoltz is a great actor, but he doesn't have. I don't think he's ever really had that comic sensibility needed for for this role. No, yeah, I agree. I don't know it's, how he got casted in the first place. Yeah, I mean, it's see, bad casting, even without having seen his version. Maybe they should have went with C. Thomas Hall. C. Thomas Hall. Now he was busy doing the Hitcher, and uh, <laughs> and wait, what was the one where he did blackface? Soul Man. Soul oh, Soul Man. Man. Yeah, with Denzel, right? Was Denzel in that? I think so. I don't think so. Oh. Uh, well, you should you should do that movie. Oh, I I'm mistaking C. Thomas Howell for Denzel in that movie. That's how that's how into character he was. Wow, Soul Man, Soul, Soul Man versus White Girls. There you go. Oh God, not sure I've seen either of those movies. I saw Soul Man when it when it came out. Well, on video, I can't imagine I went to the theater for it. Yeah, I was gonna say I think I probably saw it on cable parts of it anyway, but it was just as bad as you would imagine. And I think most of the reason I saw it was because Darth Vader's in it. Really? James Earl Jones, not David Prowse. Anthony Daniels. Oh. Oh. Um, yeah, anyway, it, it was super fun. I was, I was a little nervous about watching it because so much of my childhood or adolescence hasn't held up when I've gone back to revisit. Had um, you not seen it in a, a, in a very long time? I haven't time? seen it in a long time, yeah, no. Um, I have it on Blu-ray. I have the trilogy on Blu-ray, so I I, I still watch it every once in a while. I don't How's think it? I've ever seen the third one. Third one's pretty good. The second one I don't like. Right, I agree. I think that's kind of the common. The second one's just is mediocre. The third one is fun. And they're filmed. They, if I remember correctly, they were filmed at the same time, right? Yes, the second, yes, that's correct. Yep. Which is weird. You you think they would have kind of the same quality, but the second one just. It, it seems like they threw something up there. It's the script. The script is just not nearly as well-structured and, and as fun. It's just kind of a bunch of stuff jumbled, thrown together. Whereas the third one kind of gets back into the this more streamlined fun, so in my opinion. The second, I agree with you. The second one is in the future. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, because yes. that's with the Jaws like th- thing coming out of the marquee yeah. and everything. Yeah. Where they're one year off. like a Trump character. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> They were right on that, and they were one year off on predicting uh, the Cubs winning the World Series. Mm-hmm. Oh, now we're getting into geekdom that I don't know anything about. <laughs> well, in the movie, they're near the Jaws scene. They they show Cubs beat, I think Miami, my Chicago Cubs beat Miami in the World Series. And at the time, I don't think there was a Miami team. I might have that part wrong, but definitely no, the Cubs, right. had, Cubs hadn't won a World Series in a long time, so they won it a year late. And there is a Miami team now? Yes. Mm-hmm. But they're not in the American League, so it's all lies. Yeah, I don't understand that American League versus, what is the other one? National League? I don't know. Yeah, National League. What's the well, difference? To... American and National. Come on. What's what's the difference? Uh, designated hitter is the difference. Oh, that's right. The designated hitter rule. I did know yeah. that. Weirdly. I love that there's a debate between those two things, and I hope that never ever is the designated hitter brought to the National League or taken away from the American League, because I like that there's a difference. So what? Uh, I think you guys should do an episode on designated hitter versus no designated hitter. 
that would be an episode I would listen to of you guys doing. <laughs> well, so what happens then when, okay, because I know that, wait, no, I don't know this. I assume that the A's and the Giants are in different leagues, right? Correct, yes. So when they play each other, you know, they have these games where, you know, they just, uh, what, they what use, rule they applies? Use the rules, they use the rules of the home team. So whatever stadium they're playing at, that's the rule. It's either Correct. designated hitter. Yeah. Or, okay. And it used to be whoever won the all-star game. I think that rule was in effect for the world series, but I think yeah, that's as of, changed as of next year, last year that was still in, in effect, but as of next year, whoever has the better record is right. going to have, is going to have home field advantage. So if you're the team playing that is in the non-designated hitter uh, league and you're playing a designated hitter team on their turf, then your right. team can use designated hitter as well. Correct. Okay. Man, that is. And if you're not, then you have to. Your pitcher has to hit, and your pitcher is not used to hitting, so even worse than normal. Welcome to baseball talk with John and Pat. <laughs> and David. Yeah, this is what. So, yeah. where do you guys come down on on real grass versus astroturf? Oh, real grass all the way. Yeah, I think you, you got to go with real grass. I mean. Have you ever eaten uh, beef that was raised on AstroTurf? Ugh, awful. No, but they're fast. That's they true. so fast because those beef are running around. They can't eat anything, so they're trying to go fast on it. Those beef are running around. Um, yeah, I don't even know what to... Oh, I do know what to say about Back to the Future. Um, I guess in 80s comedies, rape was like a big deal. Because you have Revenge of the Nerds, you have a really dark rape scene in this one with Biff yeah. forcing himself on Leah Thompson. The one piece of credit I'll give to Back to the Future, that they don't treat it lightly like other movies from the 80s did. It wasn't a joke, it was actually... There's actual tension, yeah, yeah, definitely. It was a bad thing. But on the other hand, it's, it's just over once he punches him, like there's no police report filed or anything. Right. Um, but, you know, I guess that would... There's not room for that in the script. Well, it's vigilante justice. But you're right. That kind of thing wouldn't really play anymore. No, yeah. It was. It really was a, a dark turn. Um, well, so was, I guess, Doc getting killed. But, you know, they they fixed that. They fixed it in post. That was the, uh, was it the Iraqis or Libya? It was a Libyan terrorist. Libyan, right? Libyans, yeah. Yeah. Libyans, yeah. Who would it be Lib- today? Today it would be... The liberals. Uh, ISIS. Yeah. yeah. Lip tarts. Snowflake lip tart terrorists. Yeah. Who are using guns, of course, so they kill. I don't know how they kill. Yeah, a bunch of green hairs. But, well, they probably. I've just... not heard that term before. Green hairs? Yeah. Um, yeah, they'd probably. How would they kill them? Oh, all right, this is a good. This is a good. Look, we're writing our own script now. About One, another terrorists. thing I, I I actually never thought about until watching it this time is so Doc read that letter at some point in the thirty years between sending Marty back to the future and meeting Marty in the present, however many years before that he met him. So I, no, it's not thirty years. So maybe let's say twenty five years. So in that twenty five years, he had to be careful with everything he did to try to make it exactly the same way. So he was able to, to to invent that time machine, so he doesn't create a paradox that destroys the universe. Yeah, that is the that is one of the problems with time travel movies or stories is that you, you, you're always going to be left with that. Although I think the next movie we're going to talk about does a pretty good job because it really doesn't concentrate on the time travel aspect. 
Right. But there, it does set up a huge paradox, which we'll talk about when we get to it. Yeah. Um, but I like, I like being left with that. I like being left with that thought of, of, of how it all works. Cause it's fun. Well, it's, it's always difficult because the it's, it would be really easy in a time travel movie to cheat because you're dealing with time travel. So if you go back and you don't do what you want to do, you can't leave a loophole that, well, you can always go back further and try again. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so you got to kind of close that somehow. You know, physicists say if time travel is possible, time travel to the past is not. So really, this whole thing is... What a physicist know anyway. Oh, I'm glad you said that, David. I was going to say, let's end the episode now. The end. Of course, time travel to the future is is possible because we just did it. it, Real time. Yeah. Always time traveling to the future. But I think when they say that, they mean into the distant future, like Mm. 2019. Tricky physicists. Because because no matter what, if you went to the past and time travel, it would set up a paradox. Yeah. Although, just... I would like to go back and talk to my 15-year-old self. Tell him, hmm. invest in Apple. That's it. In... See, I'd go back and tell, tell my 15-year-old self to invest in Pets.com, because I'm a <laughs> dick. <laughs> <laughs> You feel like you haven't had a rough enough life. You want to make it a little bit rougher? Exactly. Enron. Um, I'm going to go back to my 15-year-old self and say the world is going to end in two years. Live it up. <laughs> and then go I back like three that. years later and laugh. No, I think it, I think you're going to actually really it because, you know, you've, you've, they would have had a great year, couple years, and you would have lived like there's no tomorrow. I, I, I think it's a great idea. Except you, you should do that. I would probably end up like being strung out on heroin or something, so I wouldn't do that. Um, also, I think it would fill me with dread. I guess I are, are you. Are you not already filled with dread? Well, that's. <laughs> I mean, even more so. Dreadier. I'd be dreadier. <laughs> Rasta Dread, man. That was an awesome Jamaican accent, by the way. <laughs> what is funny about the trivia on IMDb about Back to the Future is how many times, I think it's two, but even more than even more than zero is, is worth mentioning. It's mentioned the, the fact that Crispin Glover and Leia Thompson, or Leia Thompson yeah. are the same age as Michael J. Fox is mentioned, even though they play, play his parents. It's like, well, yeah. <laughs> But that's kind of, kind of the point because kind of the point. most of the movie takes place when they're supposed to be the same Wait, age. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Durr. Crispin so, Glover, so good in this movie. I think the cast is almost uniformly great. Crispin Glover is such a he does such a great job playing this insecure nerd. That's it's a it has these edges of of like freakiness to him. Well, yeah. He, I mean, that's just always going to be in a Crispin Glover performance, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Um, he's like uh, Christopher Walken in that way. But, uh, yeah, no, he's perfectly cast. Leah Thompson didn't have a ton of stuff to do, but she was great, too, I thought. Yeah, yeah. I like that she was, uh, you know, at the beginning when she was talking about meeting uh, her husband and she was, like, talking about what, a good girl she was. And then when Marty goes back, she's smoking and drinking. So she was obviously yeah. big old liar, just like all baby boomers. Mm-hmm. 
I, I could see like one of the casting rumors is that John Lithgow was originally up for Doc Brown. And I could see that working. That's one of the few. Like Christopher Lloyd is awesome, and he's perfect in it. But I could see John Lithgow being very good too. Yeah, he could he could make it work. Um, he could pull out some Buckaroo Bonsai or Harry and the Hendersons acting. Was his first movie World According to Garp? That can't be right. No, no. I don't know yeah, what his first movie is, but that seems too late. Yeah, yeah. I think so too. Um, yeah. Anyway, it's definitely worth rewatching. And I don't have a lot to say about it. It's a classic. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Six. I what? Go ahead. Sorry. I was just say sequel's not as good, but worth a worth a watch. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like you said, not so much the second one. But although the second one is fun, just for its vision of 2015 in whatever year this is, because <laughs> they're so ridiculously off. <laughs> We're gonna have hover cars. And self-tying shoelaces. That's what, yeah, I, that's what I really wanted. Yeah, just this. Our vision of the future involves this useless stuff, which I guess is really what should be your vision of the future. The ridiculous things that are going to happen, not the big things. Oh, there's flying cars, too. It's well, funny to think, when I saw the movie, that I can't, it really, it strikes me how old I am. It was 30 years ago, 32 years ago now. I, I think that, like, most of the, futuristic stuff we have now is kind of ridiculous anyway but yeah that's self, true self-tying shoes would have been cool um but that's always the problem when people try to predict the future it has been since science fiction began right like yeah they're always it's always jetpacks which we're never gonna have um because how would you control it? that was bad attitude well th- you have to I have mean, they they exist they're just there's no purpose for them to become like on everyday yeah, item. No, you would just have people crashing into each other in the air all the time without any right. kind of regulation. Um, yeah, no, I don't know that. I don't. I never mind that kind of stuff, like with the predictions of the future, because I just always find it uh, funny and yeah, fun yeah. anyway. Like, um, of course, they're not going to get it right, except for Star Trek, which got everything right. Um, Anyway, yeah, well, we can take a break because I think there's more to talk about with Looper anyway. Everybody's seen Back to the Future. Um, mm-hmm. I, yeah, I, I just, I, I, the entire story about that producer, this, every everything he brought up, well, one of them was uh, he wanted the movie to have the, the word Pluto in it because any any movie with the word Pluto in it is is going to be a hit. And Spielberg had the had Gale and, what's the other guy's name? Gale and, uh, yeah, Zemeckis. write a Write a letter, write a letter to the, to the producer that says, "Thanks for your funny ideas. They really gave us a laugh." To embarrass him, to not force them to do it. The, I don't even understand that because the only movie I even know of with Pluto in the name is Pluto Nash, which came <laughs> and after was, and was not a hit. I don't. A lot of his ideas were like that. He, he well, I think Scheinberg was like probably in like his late eighties at that point. So. <laughs> Was he famous for something else? Because this is the aside from he, Scheinberg Wig Company, this is the first I've seen that name. Yeah, he was the like the studio head, executive. Oh, I didn't know he was that big. Okay. Oh yeah. Any movie with Pluto in it? Well, they did have plutonium right in the in the actual <laughs> thing, so they kind of they kind of made it work. Um, all right, let's take a quick break. We'll come back and talk about Pooper. Be right back. 
We had a comrade, a brave comrade. He could talk for whole days. But then he tried to be a hero. Tried talking about Shamiro to computers wearing earphones. He almost died for conversation. Hallucinations, good vibrations. Van Dyke Park's great racing, steeple chasing. back with Looper, starring Looper. Jogolev, and Bruce. That doesn't help matters at all, you calling him that, because I can never remember his name, and Jogolev doesn't help me. What do you, his name is Bruce Willis. Yeah, Bruce Willis, sorry. Um, another time travel-ish movie, which I had forgotten most of the plot of. I did too, which is weird. I mean, it wasn't that long ago. No. When was this released in... 2012. Yeah, I saw it in the theaters. I don't know why. And I really enjoyed it, so I don't know why I remembered so little about it. Uh, You just don't have enough room in your brain for this kind of thing. Had you seen it before, Pat? No, I've I've been meaning to watch it on video for a while, and I finally watched it. So, yeah, everything was new to me, and it was awesome. Yeah, so you liked it. Yeah, I loved it, yeah. I'm, I'm a, I guess I'm a big Ryan Johnson, Johnson fan. I've, I like Brick and I like this. I, I still have to see his other movie, or maybe he has two others. I know there's Brothers Bloom. I think is one. Yeah, Brick was that. one of my favorites of the 2000s. I, I really enjoyed that film. Yeah, it's it's incredibly good. I didn't know it was the same guy. So who really likes Joseph Gordon-Levitt? I guess. Yeah. We'll see I what just... he is in the next Star Wars. Yeah. What? Jogo lives in the next Star Wars. No, Ryan Johnson's directing oh. it. Oh, not J.J. Abrams? Nope. Oh. Did you see... Uh, wait, what did you think of Rogue One, David? I thought it was fine, but... Pretty much the same. I enjoyed it. It wasn't mind-blowing. It was. I thought uh, I thought the last one was better. Yeah, same here. But I enjoyed it. It was, it was. I didn't have any serious complaints about it. It was just, yeah, it's good. I enjoyed it. Yeah, I felt the same. Has have you guys seen La La Land? I've no. not. I've heard such mixed reviews. I've heard people yeah, who love I, it and people who are like, "Oh my god, it just depressed me." I don't even see. It didn't depress me. The cinematography was great, um, but like best of the year, I don't. I don't really get. Um, well, I, I'm hearing the depressed from people who are in the you know working in it or trying to work in the industry, the film industry, and not succeeding. I think I, it just it reminds people of their not succeeding. Yeah. I, I mean, I oh, guess it's I that could, kind of story. I see. Yeah. That's the impression I get. Kind of. Yeah. The, I do think that like, if you're going to do a big musical, you should probably get people who can sing for the leads, but I guess that's a somewhat minor complaint. I just, I thought it was, it was like technically impressive in every way. So, and then story wise and song wise, it was, it was okay. It wasn't one of the, complaints i've heard is that it's just maybe it's wrong but it's it's a story about jazz in the in the 40s and it's all white people is that right no it's it's no okay wow no it's definitely set today shit now i hope it is? it's set today oh um, <laughs> i have it all wrong <laughs> <laughs> 
damn, now I'm trying to think. I, I feel like it is set today, yeah. She Okay. Um It it's kind of a little bit about jazz, but not really. Uh oh, somebody's looking it up, aren't they? Mm-hmm. When is La La Land set? <laughs> I know it's set in Austin, Texas. That, yeah, that of part course. Sure about. The heart of the entertainment industry. Um, yeah, I don't well, know. Considering the the plot on, on Wikipedia start, starts with stuck in traffic on a crowded Los Angeles <laughs> okay, highway. There you go. It's, it's not set in the... <laughs> I don't know where I got that idea. Obviously wrong. Moonlight. Yeah. That's the one to see. Um, anyway, okay, yeah, Looper. So, Looper. Anybody want to try to do a synopsis of this? Ooh. Um, no, okay, difficult. so, yeah, so time travel has not been invented yet. In, well, okay, the, this film <laughs> takes place in, what was it, like 30 years 20, from now? Yeah, 2040 something, I think. I can't remember, yeah. And at that point, time travel has not been invented yet. It's going to be invented like 30 years after that. Yes. But during. And during that time, it's illegal, except the mob uses it to dispose of bodies because during that time period, it's very difficult because of medical advances and science to hide dead bodies. So what they do is they send these bodies that they kill back to that present time for people called loopers that they hire to dispose. Oh, my God, I'm already losing the track of this is a tough plot. <laughs> yeah, a tough plot. I think you have it perfect. It's just a complicated yeah. plot. And so bodies drop back and the loopers shoot them with a blunderbuss, which is uh, a gun that does not have much of a range, which becomes very important later on in the film. And included in the dead body is silver to pay their payment for doing so. If there's gold in it, it means their loop has been closed. There's, their contract has been canceled. They've got, what, 30 years to live, after which point they're going to die. They're going to be killed, yeah. They, they're going to be killed. So they've got 30 years left to enjoy their, their newfound fortune. Now, do you, do you guys know why that happened? Was it just because they were, like, they could... I don't understand why they had to be killed. Because the, if they're still alive at that point, then it could be traced back. It catches up to that timeline of the mobsters. The whole point of sending them back in time is to have nothing to do with these bodies but if they catch up to their timeline oh they can can tell people yeah exactly okay i see yeah it's it's all to it's all to save the mob basically yeah um and and jogolev is a looper so he's killing people in 2044 that were sent back from 30 years in the future here's one thing i didn't understand so it's the first the first one that gets sent back where the guy has to kill his future self Mm-hmm. Do you always have to kill your own future self, or I mean, why couldn't another looper yeah. kill your future self? That seems—that's a good question. Seems harsh. Yeah, I don't know if they. I guess that's how you. Well, that's how you get your gold. Otherwise, how would you get? Oh, that's true. That's true. If you didn't, then the other person could just take your gold. Yes. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Oh, it all works out. Yeah. So uh, anyway, uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt uh, gets. Bruce Willis gets sent back, which is Joseph Gordon-Levitt in the future, and uh, he fails to kill him. And a manhunt ensues, and the the mob in the present is now after Joseph Gordon-Levitt because he didn't kill his future self. And it's all about it. All comes down to a mob leader in the future named the Rainmaker. Yes, 
who to takes over the entire mob and he's the one who's closing all the loops killing all the loopers yes to close all the loopholes and the reason bruce willis bruce willis's mission now is to find the rainmaker as a child and kill him to prevent his wife from getting killed in the future in the future yes right yep 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 that's it um it sounds more complicated than it is when you watch it because we're doing it's it in still like pretty two minutes it's it's still pretty complicated when you watch it, it though. it is because in the middle of this this one timeline you're you're introduced to the time the original time timeline that created bruce willis yes yeah Which it just brought, goes themselves up to a tangent not a tangent but a different timeline what it did make me wonder so i'm jumping ahead to the end of the movie the implication is that the rainmaker was created by the fact that bruce willis killed the rainmaker's mother yes and we'll explain that but if the first time bruce willis came did he he didn't kill the mother the first time so she, so the the rainmaker should have never been created there's all kinds of yes there's all kinds of paradoxes <laughs> that happen due to shit at the end of the movie um no you're right but the end of the movie is awesome in any case it is, but yeah, it sets up the biggest paradox. So anyway... Uh, well, yeah, let's go back to this story. So Bruce Willis sets out in the, let's call it the present, um, to go find the Rainmaker as a child and kill him. And Joseph Gordon-Levitt goes on the run from the mob uh, and ends up at this farmhouse with Emily Blunt and her son. Because he got to that farmhouse because he was he was hunting for his older self and he ripped off a piece of his map and he saw this is one of the places he was going to go going to go to and that's why he went to that farmhouse. Right, and Bruce Willis does kill a kid. Yeah, yeah this movie doesn't pull its punches. No, yeah, uh, because it, he thinks the Rainmaker is like one of three. It could be one of three people or something, right? So he did. Anyway, this yeah, farm, uh, yeah, we, there's three three kids bought, uh, born on a certain day at a certain hospital. Yeah. Uh, we also forgot to mention uh, TK. People have telekinesis in 2044, about 10% yeah, of the population. Yeah, that's how the, the Rainmaker became such a huge mob boss is because he has yeah. a stronger powers than anyone else. Right. Most of the TK is just like levitating coins. Right. But this Rainmaker has has the Hulk power as far as TK goes. Um, and we find out that Emily Blunt's kid has pretty massive TK powers. So um, you figure out. And it's the way it's, the way that's shown is pretty subtle with her, like dealing with him and he gets angry and she locks herself into a safe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I, and honestly, I was kind of hoping Bruce Willis would kill that kid because he was creepy as shit. All his faces when he would get angry, I was like, I would be scared of that kid. I am scared of that kid. Oh, okay. I guess I'm the only one who wished the kid had been killed. Whatever. Yeah, you're 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 pretty much the only one who's going to be wishing death on a six year old. But you know, enjoy that ledge. Me yeah, and Trump. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Anyway, um, Jogo Lev befriends the kid, and he figures out he's the rainmaker. Um. And instead of killing him, uh, well, what's interesting is that he figures out that he's a rainmaker when when he. He absolutely destroys another, I don't know if it's another looper, but a, a hitman from the mob. And yeah. when he figures it out, he realizes that his older self also figures it out, so he's going to be there soon. Right, because now now it's Bruce, in his memory. Right, Bruce Willis can can see his his memories change, and he can remember back 30 years. Yes. Unlike Marty's parents. Yeah. 
So uh, yeah, that, and then that's the basic, the basic idea of it. So here's the par- we're going to spoil, uh, but here's what I don't. Uh, okay, so it ends with Bruce Willis coming to get the kid, and Joseph Gordon-Levitt sees what's going to happen. Uh, Bruce Willis is going to kill the kid's mom. The kid's going to get on a train and become uh, sullen and turn into the Rainmaker because of and Bruce he- Willis killing the mother. Right, and it's it, this is where the theme really ties in nicely. Looper, you know, it's it's the cycle of of this kid being let down and turning that causing him to turn into the Rainmaker in the first place is just set on this infinite loop. Right, right, yeah. So what Joseph Gordon-Levitt decides to do to stop it is to shoot himself and yeah, kill right. himself, but breaking the loop. Yeah, but if he killed himself in the present, then there never was a Bruce Willis in the future to come back. Well, that's why he disappeared. Yeah. No, I know. I get that. But what I'm saying is he never would have appeared in the first place, right? Because he wouldn't have existed. I don't well, know. Well, not until that. No, no. I, I mean, I see what you're saying. But until he pulls that trigger, that timeline existed. So he did exist in the future. So it's it was basically when... just multiple timelines more than anything. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. I, I still. So I st- what do you think? When he shoots himself there, what should happen? Should just like. Uh, the, the whole movie just go back to bef- before before it started, and Jago Le- Love doesn't. I don't know what would happen if that didn't end that way. Oh, I know, but I'm just saying it, it <laughs> sets up a paradox in my mind. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's it's pre- it's a pretty powerful ending as well because he's sacrificing himself for humanity. Basically, he's breaking the loop. Yeah, and even though he well, that's another thing we didn't mention. He was pretty much a scumbag before that because most loopers are they're just they they know they're going to die in 30 years and they're just doing it for the money uh and he was right, also but a he, heroin addict yeah but they gave him a little bit of a, a heart of gold where he's in love with that uh i don't know if she was a stripper or whatever stripper, she, I think, he was, yeah he was he was in love with her and she just like yeah i'm i'm here for the money dude sorry and then so yeah the emily blunt character is the one that kind of nurses him through his 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 uh withdrawals getting off his... yeah was it heroin that yeah he was addicted to? was it a future drug it was heroin i i assume well if not it was something close yeah 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 it's some but yeah he drug. was he was saving that money for something mm-hmm. and and in the implication of the movie was he was saving it to run away with with, with that that woman but that didn't work out so he went into a and the alternative timeline he went to a life of crime and just had a horrible life where he was just killing and addicted to heroin that whole time until he met the love of his life later in life and that's who was killed by the the syndicate when they they took him in and that's that's why he wanted to take out the rainmaker to get back his wife and you knew that was going to be the love of his life because when they first met she flipped him off well, they all do. Another loves of loves. Another tie into La La Land. And he basically he saved her life too by shooting himself because she never would have met Bruce Willis. Yeah. yeah, and been killed by the syndicate. She'd probably be uh, killed by somebody in the future. It seemed like a pretty dystopian place, but one can well, even it wouldn't even be on his conscience. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, see, that's another one. Like, let's see what it's like in twenty forty four. I hope people start getting TK. I could use a little. I could use a lot. I could use a medium amount. Yeah, Pat will be the rainmaker. I'll be the yes. 
I'll be the coin levitating guy, and uh, David will be Emily Blunt. Oh, mm-hmm. Tommy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought it was. It, I liked it in the theater, and I liked it upon rewatching. Yeah, I might actually. Well, you know, it, I don't know. Do they still sell DVDs? <laughs> they sell Blu-rays. I don't know who who buys DVDs. David, yeah. Jesus, you're in the industry. You can get a Blu-ray DVD mix, so you can watch it anywhere. There you go. Yeah, on your phone. Oh, I meant to ask the the Blu-ray set for Back to the Future. Have you watched the commentary? If so, is it any good? Uh, yes, and yes. Oh, oh cool. who do they yeah. have for the commentary? Um, I think it's Bob Gale, Zemeckis, and I think Michael J. Fox as well. I think MJF. It's been a while. He's all talking like Catherine Hepburn and shit. Sure, let's go with that. All right. Oh, I I really thought we'd we'd honor that with silence, like the six year old quote. We still could. Quote. Anyway. I was listening to the Cracked podcast, which is is better than I expected. I I I I'm going to add that to my list of things to listen to. And they have each episode is, they talk about movies or music or whatever. And uh, but anyway, they were talking about one where it was like bad movies that could have been good with small changes. And they were talking about the commentary for uh, one of the Alien movies. I don't remember which one, but it was as written. Oh, I think it was the commentary for Prometheus, which was ori- originally written as a, as an Alien movie. Awful and movie. The com- what? Awful movie. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, they weren't a big fan of it. But the com- the the commentary is done by the the original screenwriter, whose script was totally changed, and Damon Lindelof, who who wrote the finished product. And they're not in the same room together. And there's one scene where the, the person in this podcast says the scene as written in the script is terrific. It's awesome. It's like the 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 creatures getting getting out of her stomach, and she's being healed at the same time, so she's alive as it's happening. And it sounds really creepy and tense. And and the original screenwriter is talking about how it's changed for the movie, and he's like. Um, this was written to set up something later, and I don't know why they changed it. And if why they changed it, I don't know why they left it in the movie. <laughs> it just sounds like a, an awkward commentary, since the other guy's the one who changed it, but they're not in the same room together, so it's not that awkward. Well, I think I yeah, I think I recommended uh, that Dead Pilot Society podcast, mm-hmm. which where they you know they yeah, it's a similar idea. Yeah, yeah, it, it's amazing to me that any good movies ever get made. Listening to all the the stories of studio notes and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. David, you probably have some insight into that. Uh, well, yes and no. I mean, you know, we, um, yes, we got a lot of those notes as well. And, but who's giving those notes? It's, it's like the suits, right? Who? Yeah. Are not creative people. Yes. Correct. Yeah. But who who desperately want to be creative? <laughs> oh, yeah, oh, that's but the worst. Th- some is there any ever a case where the people giving notes are creative people and they're they're actually good ideas, or is that come at a different time during filmmaking? No, I'm sure I'm sure it happens. I'm sure there are. That's for <laughs> better better run places. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I oh man, I remember when I used to work at in bookstores and like the business book section they would always have these books that were like trying to be sound creative and shit about business and i was like this is just sad this is not your this is not your milieu just stick to the business like it's yeah anyway but i am always impressed when i see a good movie because i know how 
I mean, it's amazing how much stuff can go wrong, especially when you have so many people with their hands mm-hmm. in something. Um, it's it's yeah, it's it's a it's a runaway train trying to make a movie, and there's a lot that can that can go wrong. It almost, Best intentions and talent aside, it almost seems like producers play a big role in that, right? Like, I because when I watch like David Lynch or Coen Brothers movies, I'm like, how did anybody ever greenlight this? But I guess if they've got the money, if they find the money from somewhere to make it the way they want it, mm-hmm. um, but then they also have to distribute it. So it's yeah, I don't know. I don't know how that all works, but. It is impressive to me that that some of these things still get made. Anyway, speaking of Coen Brothers, uh, David, have I talked about it on a previous podcast? But have you heard about this John Turturro directed movie where he's using the character from The Big Lebowski? Yeah, I, I have. I'm a little skeptical, but I'm interested to see it. Yeah, if it if it ends up happening, it that seems like something that's. Uh, I'm a little skeptical that it'll. That oh, I thought fruition. it was. I thought it was already being filmed. Is it really? I hadn't heard yeah. that. Maybe. Uh, maybe. I must be wrong. Oh, yeah, no. yeah. Yeah, it no, says post-production. No, there you go. So, still. There you I'm, go. I'm, I'm uh, cautiously excited about it. All right. Looper 2. When are they going to do that? We'll follow what that Rainmaker to... kid. Oh, that, that would be a good movie. Kind yeah. of a prequel. No, not really. A prequel, because at Looper, I, I mean, you called 2044 the present, but I called that the past. And the present for me was anything with Bruce Willis. Because well, he Willis was, was in 2044. Yeah, but he went back to the past to get there. Because he was the star of the film. He had the big name. No, he starred in Die Hard. Oh, yeah. Best Christmas movie ever. So tired of hearing that. I didn't even remember Die Hard took place at Christmas. That's how long it's... I saw it in the theater, I think, and that might be the last time I've seen it. Looking up Looper on IMDb, or the results for Looper, there was a film in 2015 called Little Loopers. I wonder if that was a sequel. Oh, I bet it was. <laughs> that is the Rainmaker. Him and his friends, <laughs> his little buddies. Well, we got to find out what Little Loopers is now. I mean, it sounds fascinating. All I, all I can see is Rob Morrow was in it. <laughs> wow, wait, finally. From, from Northern Exposure? Northern Exposure? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Or, or, I guess, more famously from Quiz Show. No, I think more famously from Northern Exposure. <laughs> I guess... Gonna, go ahead, sorry. I was just going to say, we'll just assume that that's a sequel. Yeah, I'm going to. Rob Morrow can play 10, I think. What were you going to say, Pat? I'm just looking at Little Morrow. Oh, I think I was thinking about Rob Morrow. Didn't he leave Little Northern Morrow. Exposure early? Did he? Little Looper. Rob... Didn't he leave Northern Exposure early and like Paul Provenza took his place or someone like that? Paul Provenza? Ooh. I can't be making that up. No, There's I plenty would... of things I would make up, but I, I maybe no. it wasn't Paul Provenza. Paul Provenza is a pretty hard one to just pull out of your ass, but... Well, there's lots of things in my butt. <laughs> That's true. Most of them hard. Um, uh, Paul Provenza, 15 episodes. Wow. You did yeah, not pull he, it out of your butt. And he went on to do like to have a movie career, but the only movie I remember him doing, well, now Little Looper, Little Loopers, and Quiz Show. Yeah, well, it's a, it's like the uh, oh god, what's his name? 
I, I want to say David Cassidy. That's not his name. The dude from uh, NYPD Blue, the redheaded dude who left to do movies and then just got stuck back uh, in TV. Yeah. Whatever. CSI Miami? Yeah. Is that what the show he was on? Yep. Yeah. yeah. I forget. I think it might be David uh, Cassidy. He was no, Russo. David Caruso. Russo. <laughs> but then after he came back to TV, he had that meme named after him or used from him. The yeah meme or the taking off the sunglasses meme? Taking off the sunglasses, yeah. I, that dude's such a cheesy actor, man. I don't know why he thought he would make it in films. He's no Jogolev. Hey, Bruce Willis. He seems like he'd be a Republican. Is he? Does anybody know? Don't know, but by all accounts, he's a very unlikable person. So, yeah, probably. Yeah, it, it's funny. That's something else that was mentioned in that crack, cracked podcast. Not that he was unlikable, but that he does. He his career uh, arc. He wanted to be. He started in movies and TV, and he became a, a famous blues singer. And that didn't work out. So he's having to do movies, but he hates acting. And he well, he doesn't. He hates movies too. He doesn't like watching movies. So they give him all these scripts for Die Hard movies, and he says that's not a Die Hard movie. And like these terrible scripts they give him for Die Hard movies, he does. Yeah. Well, he. Basically, from what I understand, uh, rewrote the script for Hudson Hawk and kind of is the reason it turned into a piece of shit. Really, I didn't know. I didn't know he was the reason. I, he, but he has been great stuff. I'm friend. Yeah, I'm friends with uh, the cousin of that director who did Heather's and Hudson Hawk, and she was telling me stories about Bruce Willis. Um, no, he did. He's been in good two good time travel movies. Now that I think about it. Oh yeah, has he been in any more? Yeah, I don't know if he's been in any more. Oh, 12 Monkeys would have been a good one to do, too, against Looper. Sorry. Mm-hmm. He's been in lots of movies with numbers in the name. 12 Monkeys, Fifth Element, Sixth Sense, Expendables Part 2. Have you seen any of the Expendables movies, either of you? I haven't. I saw the first one. And? I, I mean, I remember enjoying it, as far as it just being dumb, mindless fun, but nothing, nothing really memorable. Okay. Nothing that they should have built a franchise around. Yeah. It's just another bunch of catchphrases and another one of these movies where, and I understand why action movies do this from a, you know, a structure sense and a, a you know, a building tension sense, but it's always where like you fight through all the henchmen and all the henchmen get stronger and stronger. Mm-hmm. It's like a video you, game. Yeah. It's until you get to the big boss. Who's like, you know, the suit, like, you know, who in, the, in reality should be like the weakest guy. Cause he's Whip. just the guy being, but he always ends up being the toughest badass in the entire movie. Yeah. Which, which is my biggest problem with the movie. I love John wick. That movie is so awesome. And then there's this, this big he fight. Fights the, the old boss. Russian guy. Yeah. yeah. That was so stupid, but I guess it made sense cause he was hurt or something. But anyway, um. Yeah. Oh shit. You know what I saw the other day? Speaking of, and this was the first time I'd ever seen it. Um, Face Off, and that is <laughs> the most ridiculous movie I maybe I've ever seen. So much so that I have to almost admire it. Have you guys seen it? I've never yeah, actually seen it. No. Oh my such, god. That I was driving my friend to the airport one time and I was in a, in a really old car and I was in, I was going from Ventura to the LAX and I was going up the 405, which I still will always call the dreaded 405 because there's this terrible grade in, in Camarillo, the county, I forget the name of the grade and uh, going up, it just killed my car. I know and exactly I could, where you're talking about. 
So I got, I got somewhere in the valley. I it just wouldn't go anymore. And I had this, this tow, this really awesome tow truck got, driver took me to his his friend's mechanic, and he he drove my friend to the airport, and I was stuck in this really kind of scary town. I don't remember where it was, but it was not. The mechanic says, "Go to your hotel and lock the door. I'll see you tomorrow morning." <laughs> But anyway, I go to the mechanic. He's like, it's going to take a, a few hours. There's a, a movie theater up the street. You can kill some time there. And I went to see Face Off. So it was a bad day. And I got to see such a terrible movie. <laughs> I, yeah, I kind of feel like you have to see it. Um, just because I don't it's... feel like that at all. What's it, Travolta, Nicolas Cage? Is that yeah, who, that's yeah. who's facing off? Yeah. Yeah. It's like I laughed out loud at a bunch of parts of it. Wait, is that you a John Woo to... movie? Yes. <laughs> so crazy. You weren't meant to laugh out loud at, but. Um, well, just the the. Do you think the title of the movie was supposed to be a funny pun? I'm sure it was, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, so so there is a, a a ride in Ohio that was that was based on the film. That was based on Face Off. How the hell does that work? <laughs> it's a roller coaster. I don't know how it happened. Oh, a ride! I thought you said a riot. <laughs> <laughs> how do you base a riot on a? Well, film. that's easy. You just rip your faces off and start protesting. You, oh, you, okay. The, the cops treat their faces. <laughs> with the ah. Oh, sorry. Did you guys hear that? Nope. Yeah. Were you taking your face off? No. Something started playing on my computer. I'm sorry about that. Oh no, I didn't hear that part. I just heard oh, you good. Saying, ah. <laughs> well, then never mind then. <laughs> Porn. Yeah, the great face-off riot of '96. Um. Yeah. I, anyway, I guess we both or we all recommend both these movies. If you haven't seen them, you should see them. And if you've already watched them, you should watch them again. Absolutely. Both both fine films that handle time travel very well, I think, which is not always easy to do. Have you watched, David, have you What's watched a... Timeless or Frequency at all? I've not, no. Okay. They're good. They also handle time travel interestingly and, and well done. Yeah. I, I was going to say, can you guys think of a bad time travel movie? Oh, that's... Um... They have to exist. I just can't think of one. Yeah, what was that one with Christopher Reeve? Time after time was that the time Jack the time, Ripper yeah. one? Yeah, oh, I thought people liked that. I've never seen that. I enjoyed that. Did you? I okay, maybe maybe it wasn't bad. No, I can't think of one. Um, oh, the Time Machine. Did you see <laughs> the the most recent Time Machine? I can't. I think Guy Pierce was in it or something. Yeah, I saw that. That wasn't wasn't yeah. very good. Yeah, that was yeah. pretty terrible. Oh, Van Damme. Oh, I liked that when I was a kid. I don't know what held up. What were you going to say, Pat? Time Cop? Yeah, Van Damme. That must be bad. I've never seen it. Yeah, it's got to be. Um, I don't. I, at the time, Don, uh, Donnie Darko was pretty popular. I don't remember if it's good or not. It's okay. I. Oh, there was that one that was. Uh, it was made for like thirty dollars. I can't even remember the name of it. Oh. Uh, Oh, that's. Oh. I need to watch it again though, because I did not get it. The one with Aubrey Plaza? No, 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 no. Um, oh, that one I didn't love either. It was okay. I don't know what the one you're talking about. Yeah, Safety I can't guarantee it's the one I'm thinking of. Yeah, yeah. Which the the thing I like about Safety Not Gu- Safety Not Guaranteed that it's based on a, um, like a classified ad in a, in a I think Portland newspaper. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I mean the movie's is okay it's not my favorite it's good it's not great but the the classified ad itself is much more interesting than any movie could possibly be hmm. um you want to move on to recommendations Asians, Asians, Asians. sure 
Uh, we'll let. Do you want to go first, David, or you need some time? Uh, yeah, I can go first. I thought of something. Okay. Uh, hopefully, it's it's not something you've covered before. I don't I don't recall you mentioning it before, but baskets on FX with Zach Gaff- Galifianakis. Oh, yes. yeah. Have you guys cool. been watching that? I have not seen it. I, no. It's it just it's started its second season, and it's it's just it's a really fun, interesting, weird. It's like as if you did a, a, a sitcom as a foreign, it's like a French film. <laughs> and you can kind of tell it's, it was produ- co-produced by Louis C.K. because it's say, it not, sounds like Louis, yeah. It's not afraid of like going long periods without any sitcom jokes. It's it's really weirdly, uh, a really weird feel, feel for a sitcom, but it's really funny and really enjoyable. And the so, premise uh, is so weird. Yeah, the setup is... A- a failed clown that came to do i don't even know what it's what the basis on the second season but the first season is he went to to clown college in france and came back and became a radio clown that's the only job he could get and he lives near his his you, you barely see him but his brother his twin brother is a really annoying overachiever so and and his mother <laughs> played by louis anderson yeah. played by louis anderson brilliant emmy winner yeah it's, louis it, anderson what's, what's great is it's it's the joke isn't that it's Louis Anderson that it's just it's just brilliant yeah have you guys seen uh that other Louis CK produced that Pamela Adlon show i can't even no. remember the name of it okay no, it's supposed to be good too anyway um pat that's mine got? uh i will are you done david do you have another one nope that's it i think i'm going to rececommend a netflix sitcom that came out a few weeks ago santa clarita diet Starring oh, that's Tim good. Alifant. Yeah, it's really funny. I don't. I didn't have high expectations because zombie stuff is kind of played out, but it's really good. It's really funny. It has a great, a fantastic cast. But the main people, like I love Timothy Alpha and Drew Barrymore. They're good in it. And the daughter, I, I, I've never seen her anything else, but she's good too. But they have guest stars. They have Patton Oswalt for one episode. It was kind of wasted, but um, uh, Nathan Fillion is in the first episode, and he's really funny in it. It's just a great cast pretty well written and it's disgusting but it's, it's good all right i uh, will watch it then i'm always i'm always wary of the netflix and amazon original shows um really i've heard, I've, I've heard a couple of people say good things about it so i'm i'm definitely intrigued i've 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 found the netflix the netflix shows have been the ones i've watched i've enjoyed i guess i guess there's stuff, stuff like orange is the new black that didn't hold my interest entirely but yeah, I hate yeah, that I have show. Stuff. Have you watched? Uh, I haven't watched this yet, so this is a pre-recommendation that I'm sure is going to be awesome. But Michael, the B- Michael Bolton Valentine special. Yeah, I watched it. It's ridiculous. It's worth watching. It's so stupid. I mean, it's Scott Ackerman's sense of humor. You can tell. Um, yeah, it's worth watching. I'll recommend that. Shoot, um, it's not my real recommendation, but yeah, it's funny. I can't believe they got Michael Bolton to go along with it. Um, and our buddy Adam Scott's in it, of course. A bunch of other people. Um, I'm by my real recommendation is the Beauty comic book uh, image, of course. Have either of you guys read it? Mm-hmm. No. It's about um, this sexually transmitted disease that makes people more attractive. Like that's the huh. result of it. But then it starts going bad, and people start exploding. So. <laughs> ah. Uh, yeah, it's it's interesting. It's a good concept, and it's done well. Oh, I have seen this. Okay. Yeah. I'm just looking at the covers. I've seen the cover. That's yeah, cool. it's worth reading. Um, I've been reading a lot of Ed Brubaker's stuff, and 
I like his writing. Um, like, Fatal is good, but the art is not up to some of his other stuff, like the Fade Out and stuff. Um, but I, I do like Fatal. Have you read that? Oh, one? you're just bringing. He's nothing to do with this book. It's, you're just bringing it up as. Another... Yeah, yeah, no, he, that's okay. totally separate. Sorry, he's he's not involved in the beauty. Um. Anyway, any good comics you guys are reading before we head out? Not at the moment, no. Okay. Yeah, nothing new right now. I just got Headlopper Volume. Oh wait, shoot. Uh, that's another one. Uh, I just got the graphic novel of the Black Monday Murders. Have you guys read that? Mm-mm. No, I haven't uh, it's heard really that one. really good. Um, so they just put out the first graphic novel, or, you know, the first collection, and um, they mm-hmm. haven't done any issues since. So it's a good time to pick it up. Jump then, in, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's my second recommendation. That one is better than Beauty, I think, actually. Have you guys watched any Riverdale? No. I saw I Paul F. Tompkins. I myself to do it. I know. I recorded the first episode. Paul F. Tompkins wrote about it. Um, I don't understand this archie murder show at all <laughs> i don't yeah, i saw a commercial for it and it i was already turned off but the, the commercial made me just like I, they're doing such great work with the comic making it kind of a fun ya thing and they're now they're turning it into this terrible cw show that i'm sure is very good because people like it but i i don't know if i'm gonna watch it it's like dark right it's yeah well, yeah it's, it's, it's what it looks like yeah it's based. It's kind of has a Veronica Mars beginning where the, the, you're starting with the murder and they're they're trying to solve the murder. But it also has part of the story is that Archie is had a summer love affair with Mrs. Weatherby, which is kind of creepy. And I mean, it's just kind of it's statutory rape. That's creepy on itself. But if it, if the sexes were released, it would just be even more gross. It's just it's not. I don't think it's good. Anyway, I'm gonna watch the first episode, but yeah, I don't have high hopes for it either. But they're doing a lot of weird reboots like that, especially in comics. There's that one publisher that they're like doing the Flintstones and stuff now. And really? They, and they did a Tetris comic book, and they're all supposed to be good. But yeah, I don't trust it. <laughs> well, the Archie <laughs> comic book reboot was very good. It had, especially the first like five or six issues, that was Mark Wade, and it was drawn by. Um, Fiona Staples, who does Saga, and so yeah. the art was great, and the the story was it was like reading a a young adult novel. But yeah, but it's, Archie, it's, I mean Archie is definitely updatable, and you can like make the humor more current mm-hmm. and make everything more current. But like making right. it a murder mystery just seems no, just seems it's just make, you're making something you want to make for CW, but you want to put character copyrighted characters in there. It doesn't right. really make a lot of sense. Just you can make the same show without calling it Archie. Because basically that's what you're doing. Yes, agreed. <laughs> uh, all right, thanks for joining us, David. Yeah, this is great. Thanks, David. You're welcome. Yeah, and... Uh, thanks for having me. Sure. Write to us at popculturecontinuum at gmail.com. Wait, I'm going to try to do it all, Pat. I'm going to okay, try. Sorry. Let's mm. see. Uh, rate us highly on iTunes and leave write a review if you feel so inclined. Um, like us on Facebook. Is that what they do? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and tell your stinky friends. We like all kinds of friends, not just the stinky ones. I prefer the stinky ones. Uh, and I think we're doing another movie one next time, so uh, Ooh. we're back on track. Uh, so until then, goodbye, everybody. Bye-bye. Goodbye.